This is a Demon FM podcast. You are listening to Have You Seen It? with Tom, Ellis and Dan. Hello and welcome back to the Have You Seen It? podcast. Uh, It is me, yet again, Tom. I am joined, as always, with Ellis and Dan, and we're going to be talking all about what's going going on in the industry, the film industry this week, box office, new releases, and we'll have a few uh, of our reviews out for you as well in today's podcast. Gentlemen, have we seen anything new this week? Well, not new, Tom, but I've revisited, debatably, Christmas classic, A Nightmare Before Christmas. So I'll be talking about that later and maybe a couple other things later in the show. What about you, Dan? I've seen two new films, actually. One being a preview of a film that is coming out this next weekend, which I'm very excited about. So yes, that's our last Christmas. That's my Christmas film. Yeah. Right. Do you just want to get straight into it? Let's get into the box office. So, box office. Number uh, five. At number five, please, Dan. Uh, A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood goes down to the number five spot with $5.2 million. It's down 55.8% this week and it's at 43.1 million domestic. Obviously, it's the weekend after Thanksgiving where it had an 11% drop. So this is actually like an okay drop for what happened last week. Everybody loves Tom Hanks. Yeah, that's true. That's basically, that's basically. Oh, and well, and because we were talking about this at length, you know, yeah. Americans love some, love some Mr. Rogers, don't they? So they'll, they'll have anything, have anything to do with that. Just the straight on it in there. Yes. So we've talked about that. So number four. At number four. We have Queen and Slim with $6.6 million. Uh, a quite quite a good drop of 44.1%. Uh, and it's at $27 million domestic so far. I imagine this one might have an international release soon. Yes, yes. It's coming out. It's coming out here in sort of January. Yeah. The January slot. With the award stuff. Yeah. Is it worldwide? Well, it's a worldwide at the moment. It's 20, 27. Not that yeah. bad. Well, that, that's... Yeah. Wholly domestic. Yeah. So there's not much to say about that one again. No. Uh, number three, all of these films are like Still. holdovers from last weekend anyway. Yeah. Uh, number three, we have Ford v Ferrari with $6.7 million, down at 49.5%. Currently it's at $91.2 million domestic, with that's edging in on the century mark. Uh, internationally, we're at $77.3 million, which gives a worldwide total of $168.5 million. Yeah. Nearing the, the, nearing the century mark, that's... That's always good. Yeah, it's almost at $170 million. Uh, That is, I kind of expected it, I kind of didn't for... The type of film that it is, it's aimed at an old, like it's aimed at like the older, older audience. But just like I, I don't know, people gravitate gravitate towards good stories, and of course, having Christian Bale and Matt Damon as your stars can't go can't go wrong there. Uh, so number two, we have Knives Out with fourteen point two million dollars, down forty six point nine percent. It's currently at sixty three point six million domestic and sixty point six million international, which brings its worldwide total to one hundred twenty four point two million. Dollars. Yeah, this is doing. This is doing well. This is doing really well for the type of film that it is. One hundred twenty-four million dollars is a wonderful, wonderful amount for this type of this type of film. It's a mystery film. It's a whodunit. I love this film as as uh, you all well know from last uh, the last episode last week. Uh, I did my bit on uh, Knives Out. I just love this. I just love this film. But um, I, w- I was going to say that um, this is actually really good for Knives Out, just because uh, last weekend obviously was Thanksgiving and it had like a 
very minimal drop compared to our number one and also number five. The second best drop in the top five, which is quite good. I think it's definitely going to smash 100 million mm. at least, especially because it's Christmas very, very soon. Yes. Which will mean it this has. Is gonna, this looks like it looks like the definitive, not the the definitive Christmas film, but like in terms of like box office receipts, that's where they were like those like um, some family's going to go frozen, some family's going to go somewhere else. But this Knives Out is like the typical sort of holiday film. Well, if you know, and if Star Wars wasn't coming out later in the years, um, well, in a couple of weeks actually, uh, then it might have a, it might have had a sort of a better chance. But you know, it, it's that type of film that people go and see. At, around this time of the year, people went to go and see it on Thanksgiving, and more and more people are going to go and see it as the holidays uh, ramp up. Yes. So, um, yes, at number one, number no one surprise here, we have Frozen Two. Yes, with thirty-five point two million dollars, uh, down fifty-nine point one percent. Currently at three hundred thirty-eight point one million domestic, five hundred eighty-four point four million international, and that brings its total to nine hundred twenty-two point four million dollars worldwide. Yeah, this it, is still going crazy. Yeah, it can do it. It can hit a billion. We knew that. To be fair. Yeah, it can. You know, it it can. It will. It's basically going to has. Like yeah, him. it's going to. Yeah, but you know, people still love it. I still haven't seen it. Not really planning on going to see it anyway. But like, if oh, I, I don't know, if my sister wants to go and see it, we'll go and see it with her, or something like that. I, I'm not yeah. sure. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not really. I'm not too fussed about it myself. But 922 million dollars is, you know, like it's crazy. Like, how many weeks has it been? Uh, it's a th- it, this is third weekend. Third weekend, and it's already at 922 million dollars. Yeah. By its fourth weekend, it's probably going to hit a billion. Probably will hit a billion. That is insane numbers. It's going to be six billion. Yeah. Six billion dollar hit of the of the entire year. Yes. Um. Which then its seventh is coming in December. Yes, <laughs> yeah, uh, with the uh, with the release of Star Wars. But yes, of course, this film is definitely going um, going off, if you will. It's going to reach a billion by next week. It's going to probably go as high as at one point four, one point five, maybe. And plus, in Japan, uh, where the last one did so well, it's also going to be like about two hundred million solely from Japan, whereas the last one did like two hundred and fifty. Yeah. So it's not dropping a lot from Frozen in no some of the some really key markets. Yeah, what was it? It's dropped this 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 week. Minus again. Uh, fifty nine point one. Fifty nine point one. Yeah, which yeah. is quite typical to be fair. Mm. Um, I think Wreck It Ralph two from last year did fifty minus fifty five ish, and obviously this one had a lot more to lose because last weekend it made like eighty five million dollars. Yeah, which is very big. But we do have some other films to talk about this week. Yes, we do. We at, do. At the number six spot, just missing out on the top five. Uh, Dark Waters expanded. Yes, it did. It did $4 million. Mm-hmm. It, it had a rise of 543.5%. Yeah. Uh, and it added 1,918 theatres to make its count 2012. Uh, and it's currently at 5.2 million domestic. Um, so do we think this is going to hold on well through Christmas? Ooh, what do you think, Ellis? I really couldn't tell you. Really couldn't tell you. I, I can't see it shifting that much. So, uh, how many more theatres is it? Do you know they're planning to open up? have a wider release next week i imagine they'll try whether they'll succeed because a lot of films try the like slow release first yeah the very fast like here's two thousand more theaters yeah after the first weekend never normally works out too well mm. yeah so people normally forget about it after a 
couple of weeks. But yes, so this probably gonna drop a little bit before Christmas. Yeah, I'm not sure how people people might find it fascinating because of course it's it's based on a, a true story. It has uh, Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. in his first non-Hulk role in a while. But he's proven that he can do... He's a very good dramatic actor. And, you know, this is the sort of story that works well That works well for his sort of... I'm not sure what it will do for his, like, brand because he's been known as Hulk for the past seven years, whatever it's been. Yeah. Um, but um, but it's good to see him in something different. It's good to see something in, in something a bit more challenging, you know. I didn't really hear of this sort of... Uh, this true story until I sort of... Did a bit of research and yeah. stuff that, and this and the stuff that came out was pretty pretty shocking. So yeah, uh, another film we're going to talk about is at number fourteen, mm. and it's Playmobil the movie. If you remember, we were talking about it last week. Yes, and how the projections were four point five million dollars for the weekend. This weekend it opened to six hundred and fifty six thousand five hundred and thirty dollars. <laughs> yes. Uh, which it has 12.5 million international already, so that brings its worldwide total to 13.1 million dollars. It has the fourth worst wide opening over 2000 theaters of all time, <laughs> uh, and it's behind three films. One's called Saw, uh, the tenth anniversary release. So that's technically not even like shouldn't really be part of the list. No, that opened to 650 thousand. Two is Delgo, which. Open to $511,920. And one is the Oogie Loves in the Big Balloon Adventure with $443,901. So yeah. technically this is kind of like the third non-re-release. To, yeah, to, to do these sorts of numbers. These terrible, terrible numbers. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I can see doing worse than this was, you know, the fanatic with John Travolta. The less we talk about that, the better, I think. But yeah, no play. Like Playmobil. Does it have a schedule? Does it have like a like scheduled release for over here? Four months ago. Four months ago. Oh yeah, we were talking about <laughs> this, weren't we? It came out in like August. Yeah. And then nobody went to see it, and now it's opening, trying to open in more places, sort of stateside, and it's just, just, it's just, it's, it, it was sent out to die. Yes. I'm not sure how they even thought this movie could get off the ground in the first place. Lego, Lego movie. Lego well, movie. Well, I, yeah. I, I sort of know that f- thought process, but Playmobil is, or as far as I'm aware, it's never been a secondary option to lego it's been something that you a kid's reluctantly got rather than lego yeah so i i just can't see there being any kind of fan base for it the way that there is for lego but um, maybe i just i'm not involved with playmobil enough yeah um i will say also moving on from that the highest perfect average this week is portrait of a lady on fire which uh, had a per theater average of $33,672 in two theaters. So it opened to about $67,000. Fun fact about that, uh, Phoenix was showing it on Saturday as part of their French film festival. It showed on Saturday night before before its release in big release in 2020. I I was I wasn't there but I heard I heard some good things. Yes. So I've heard some good things all around the board actually. It also that film. got a Golden Globe nomination. Did, yes. For best foreign language film. Mm-hmm. Yes. Also, I thought because we're not going to be here for the next few weeks, we're going to have some uh, stuff coming out. But it's not going to be uh, regularly scheduled programming. So I thought we'd talk about the next few weekends and what's opening and how much is expected from them. Yes. Basically. Mm. So 
Next weekend is December the 13th through the 15th, where Jumanji is the big release. Yep. Jumanji, the next level. Uh, and that's expected to open to 44 million and have a very, very good multiplier and finish at 210. So how do we think? Do we think that's reasonable for Jumanji? I think what, and it's, and it's sort of not, well, what, what did the last one do? Let's have a comparison. The last one did 35, if I'm not mistaken. And then it finished at like 400. Finished it. Oh, yeah. It, that's pretty, that's, that's good. That was, a, it was a massive film. Yeah. It opened to 37 million dollars, 36.2 million dollars. Yeah. And it ended up doing 404.5 million dollars. That's a very, very high multiplier. Yeah. And um, that's almost, that's, that's a, that's a 10 multiplier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can see the, the next one do, I uh, do over it, do, do over its estimation easily. Yeah. Um, cause you know, the first one was such a, such a hit. Uh, and well, well, technically the second one because you know, the yeah. first one was in the mid nineties. It's gonna do well no matter no matter what. There's an audience out there for them. I mean, of course, there was an audience for the second one as well. What's the what's the next one on the list there? Next one is Black Christmas with fourteen million for the weekend and thirty seven point seven million overall. Uh, Richard Jewell is the third release, uh, coming out with thirteen million and doing about eighty million dollars overall according to their projections. The next weekend is the big release of December uh, with Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, which is expected to open to 200 and do overall $680 million. Still being the third, no, second biggest film of the year. Cats is the next one with $14 million for the weekend and $69 million overall. And Bombshell is the last one for that weekend with a wide expansion of $6 million and $40 million overall. Yeah. Which would be excellent for that film. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the last weekend is the one just before we come back, uh, December 27th to the 29th, where Little Women is expected to open to 20 and finish with 100, which it, that I, I'd be very happy with that. I think Little Women look really, really good. Mm, yeah. And finally, Spies in Disguise, which is expected to open to 16 and finish at 80. So do you think all these project... Which, which one do you agree with the most? Which Ooh. one do you disagree oh, with the most? Probably, probably Jumanji. Jumanji. Jumanji would be the one that I would... It just seems about right to me. Star Wars, I wouldn't be surprised if it does a little... Could do a little bit better. Mm. Could do a little bit worse. Yeah, because that's at 600. That's at like 600 million. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... A, it could do with that, couldn't it? Yeah. Uh, and cats, I expect to do worse. <laughs> yeah, I so, don't. Because, uh, well, I, I'm just still yet to, besides Dan, <laughs> talk to anybody that has not, you know, had uh, scathing opinions mm. of what that film looks like. I keep seeing the teaser trailer and it's starting to annoy me now. <laughs> the, was... the, the, you know, they started rolling out a couple of weeks ago some, some sort of like, you know, TV spots uh, to get sort of some kind of hype going i'm not sure if any anybody on this the face of the earth is hyped for cats but i don't think so. um but like the the their marketing has been just just more and more aggressive <laughs> um over just even over the last like two or two or so weeks it, like i'm seeing it seeing it on adverts and seeing it like in sort of like you know on posters and you know it's just just I, cats <laughs> That's my last word on cats. That might just be because the budget is so high. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're gonna struggle no, to yeah. make that return. Oh, it's rumored. God. It's rumored that the budget is three hundred million dollars. Oh my good 
God. Yeah. It's that digital fur technology. Um, oh, no. They're really going 300, to struggle, 300 million? Are you mad? Oh, that's, that's, that's not good. But anyway, before we get too caught up on our our hatred for cats uh, again uh, don't can't let that get the better of us uh, what have we got next on the agenda have we that's the box office that's stuff. the box office okay so next up we shall be talking about uh, a little go into a little bit more detail about uh, what's coming up uh, in uh, this week uh, the biggest release as Dan has pointed out uh, multiple times is the new Jumanji film Yes. Jumanji, the next level, the which comes out tomorrow. Um, tomorrow is the 11th. Yes. Yes, tomorrow is the 11th. Uh, that would be correct. Yes. <laughs> so if you don't know, I mean, I, I, I assume that you would know, but this continues the story that uh, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, uh, did, uh, uh, had... Uh, but sort of switches the young uh, the young cast for uh, Danny DeVito and uh, and sort of basically older people. So the older people are now sucked into this game and just makes for just makes for even more odd odder situations because these are old men in the bodies of younger, fitter, more like athletic men like the Dwayne the Rock Johnson. What I will say is that this this film it does still have the young cast. Yeah. Um. But the good thing about this one and it's. It was what I liked about the other one. It's all these actors just playing off character. Yeah. And it's really fun to see them. Like, I won't say anything spoilery, don't worry. Mm. But it's fun to see because obviously Dwayne The Rock Johnson is Danny DeVito's character. Kevin Hart's character is Milo. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether he's introduced in the trailer. I think he is. Yeah. The other old man. Yeah. yeah, Karen Gillan is the same character. Yeah, and then Jack Black is uh, Fridge, which is funny because obviously he was Fridge Kevin was Hart Kevin Hart before. before. Yeah, and there's a little bit of a joke there mm. of him saying, "Oh, at least last time I was black." <laughs> which I found quite funny. Yeah, but yeah, I saw the Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle only a few days ago. Yeah, I saw it on Netflix when there wasn't anything else out. That I I liked and I heard good nothing but good things as it was coming out. I just didn't think that it was my cup of tea. I didn't I didn't I didn't think I enjoyed it. I ended up really really enjoying it. I had a yeah. stupid grin on my face the whole time I was watching it. I was laughing at the jokes, like literally all the way through. And it's just it's just it's just odd to see like Jack Black like a, a teenage diva in the in the body of Jack Black and and you know a big football player a big football player in the in the in the form of Kevin Hart yeah uh, yeah it's just it just it knows it it knows what it's doing it has it has a it has a story where it knows its sort of characters it can play off of the fact that they're sort of that they're sort of like kind of body swap kind of thing and sort of subvert like expectations and stuff like that which is what they're trying to go for but I just ended up really enjoying it and I think when I see the next level uh, I think I might enjoy it more because it's it's you know it's 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 done it's done with a few new additions it's done with older older people as well who, who doesn't love Danny DeVito oh, who doesn't at this point <laughs> Uh, this, you know, uh, he's 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 managed to have a career that's just really, really good, really solid. Yeah, but yeah, this film, 
it it's really good to see uh, these. It's just good to see these characters like kind of experiment with like who they're actually playing. Well, these actors experiment with who they're actually playing because they get to like, mess around quite a lot with like, who they're actually playing. I won't say why, but there's a good there's a good few characters that do have a couple of a couple of different people and it, it's very good yeah and it's just like just in a video game and i found it hilarious in the first one that n- really sort of nobody apart from the main guy knew what a video game even was like the how the video game even worked uh and i and i and i did so i laughed at that uh and i was and i was just i was just i was i was i was very giddy i was very very happy uh with the with the first one so i think i might have the same experience going into the second one. Yeah, the first one surprised me because um, it was voted for worst film of the year, wasn't it? And no, I, I saw it when it first came out and I quite enjoyed it. My gripe with the first one is that I feel like Jack Black's kind of limited by playing the character of the teenage girl. Like, I feel like that joke only goes so far where, to the point where I just think, I just, just kind of want regular Jack Black now, but I might give this one a go. Oh, See, yeah. Yeah, it's it's just stupid fun, I yeah. think. Like, it's, it's by no means... The first one's by no means a great film, but it's just, it's plenty of fun. So yeah, I'll probably give this one a go as well. Yeah, there's a lot of adventure. There's a lot of great yeah. set pieces in that first one as yeah. well. That they, is they just have, great. Um, they could have done the original a far bigger injustice than they did mm. um so it's also, oh, a far better yeah it's also like the perfect type of film to come out at christmas because mm. it's very it's family oriented it's very fun it's it knows it's stupid and it kind of like plays off of that really well um because obviously it's not taking itself too seriously or else we'd be i feel like if this was taking itself too seriously we'd be talking about a way different box office number for the first one than we did earlier just because this is this is perfect for the christmas period but that that is jumanji the next level which is out here tomorrow uh the uh, 11th of december tuesday no wednesday uh because tuesday's today but talking about getting in the christmas spirit yes yes uh that next the next day uh black christmas yeah hits uh, hits theatres or cinemas, I should say, over here. The second remake of that film. Uh, I didn't even know there was a second. I, 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 I've, I've seen the trailer once. Yes. And it just looks like you're kind of like very sort of like generic like Christmas type of horror film. The closest thing I can sort of uh, to this, which came out yeah, last year or two years ago, was that uh, Krampus film. Yeah. Um, which which yeah, it looks yeah okay um, and and but this one this 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 one this one looks like it's going to have some fun with it. Yes, I'm very on the fence about this film actually. Mm, yeah, just because the studio forced it to kind of be a PG thirteen film. Yeah, whereas the original and the uh, 2006 remake they were both R rated, so it's kind of weird to go back on that. Mm-hmm. It's also very weird to see an R-rated Christmas horror film because you never really think of oh Christmas, the horror films would be nice around this period. Yeah, yes, because you really think about Christmas being family oriented mostly. I think it felt like this could be good counter programming for what's coming out. Yeah, um, but I imagine this is just going to be a by the books horror movie. Mm-hmm. But it's you know it, like it focuses on sort of a, a group of university, college sort of campus sorority girls who um, are like unwittedly sort of like 
sort of stalked and sort of chased by 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 a murdering psychopath during the Christmas holidays. Uh, I mean, that's basically what it is, and that's what you'll get when you, if you go and go and see this film. I probably won't. I mean, I saw the trailer and thought literally nothing of it. But I'm sure that there are people who would like to go out. Like as you said, it's good counter programming for what's gonna, what's coming on uh, later, a bit later in uh, in the coming weeks. But you know, mm-hmm. it does look by the books. It does look very, very sort of generic and bore, like pretty boring. Nothing really to speak of, really. But. Yeah, I'm. I was pretty sure that this is being released by Blumhouse. Yeah, I was. I was of the yeah. yeah. I was of the thought that it was as well. So I don't know why the studio forced them for a PG thirteen rating. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it is. Which no evidence to back this up, but I, I believe it's to do with the reception of Happy Death Day. I think they're trying mm-hmm. to target that audience because I think they've sort of realised now, especially come the time when it eventually gets onto the streaming services. Uh, there's a market for young teens that want to watch horror films. Like, uh, you know, teens, they do mm. like horror films, but sometimes those uh, bigger ratings, I think, scare them off. And really, a lot a lot of the time, I think, um, for, for example, uh, my little cousin and stuff, she likes watching uh, sort of eight, 18 films and stuff, but she's only really bothered about the jump scares. Mm. And she'll say, "Oh, yeah." And she'll she'll describe it as really jumpy, yeah. which you can get away with still in a PG thirteen, I think. So I think yeah. it. I think it's probably very targeted towards that because it's also the same thing that Happy Death Day does is that it's that even though it's a horror film, the sort of lifestyle of the university students is, I can tell you now for a fact, not at all like that. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um. Yeah, it's this very idyllic sort of version of young adults that I think, uh, especially yeah, young young teens really like. So mm. I think it's probably that corner of the market yeah. trying to get to. And why not do it? I mean, Happy Death Day was very successful. Yeah, um, and it was fine in my uh, opinion. Yeah, uh, I mean, they made a sequel to it. I'm not really sure what the sequel did, but it did know, okay. Yeah. It, uh, the first one was basically Groundhog Day with uh, university and a, a killer trying to kill you every time you well wake up. But not spo- anywhere near of the charm and wit of Groundhog Day. Spoilers. <laughs> the yeah. se- spoilers. The second one hmm. is kind of like a. It's horror mixed with some kind of sci-fi elements which is a bit weird it's a weird film what i'd i'd actually like recommend watching it just because of how weird it is yeah and that's happy death day to you yeah that's quite a cool title earlier this year uh is it earlier this year or yeah. yeah that is black christmas that you can catch that if you want the next the next day after so that's the thursday yes thursday the 12th of december tis the season to be jolly and here at the um have you seen it podcast we have some we we also like to spread some festive cheer through the through the great medium of film and film sort of film discourse uh which is which is always great so uh we have our first film up this was chosen by ellis and it is the nightmare before christmas ellis here we go um now you may have noticed tom down i am running on low battery today but um yeah, I mean, 
it's quite easy for me to get into the swing of this film because it is a classic. Whether I'd call it a Christmas classic or not, I don't know, because some people would definitely, you know, still continue to disagree that it, it can be considered a Christmas film. Um, but yeah, it's just a classic that, for me, there will never be enough stop motion cinema. Um, it is. I I think just a drastically underused medium. There's so much you can do with it. Um, I think one I watched probably most recently was uh, Kubo and the Two Strings. Mm. Very very good film. But yeah, uh, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas, 1993. So we're we're pushing nearly 30 years ago now. Yeah, that is about 26 years ago. Yeah. Um, so it is a long time, and it went on to sort of really establish Tim Burton, uh, Tim Burton's animation mm. style. Although uh, infamously, you yeah. you might be aware he had very little involvement in the film. Yeah, and any of I, those I animated like... films, really, it was just yeah. it was just it was it was um, they were trying to get the name right. Uh, is it Peter? Is it Peter Selleck who did the direction? Uh, for some of those, including Nightmare Before Christmas and Coraline as well. Yeah. Henry Selleck is the director. Henry, Henry Selleck, that's the one. Yeah. Not Peter Selleck. Henry Selleck. Yeah, I did. Uh, I read an interview from one of the animators a while back that said they reckoned Tim Burton was on set for a total of three days while shooting. Mm. Um, so, yeah, he do, he does actually have very little involvement, yeah. especially with this film. He, he essentially came in at the end and stamped his name on it and, yeah. you know, it, they could sell it for a higher price. <laughs> um, but yeah, it has come. You know, it has come to define that. I think it's uh, very unique. Um, it's got even less of those Tim Burton characteristics by not having either Johnny Depp or Helena Bonham Carter in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, that's just I just love it. I just really, yeah, I just really do like it. So it's just it is quite charming and it's got a nice nice story to it. And there's not much. Um, stuff on that with that sort of gothicness to it that's around these days anyway mm. so. yeah yeah dan um what is your is your film that you have chosen for this festive holiday season my film of the week is called last christmas mm-hmm. it was released actually quite a while a few weeks ago yeah about two weeks ago three weeks ago um, and it was a very weird film. I will okay. say that first. If you All listen right. to the song, you can probably guess what the twist is at the end. Um, also, you'll probably see it coming when she announces what happened to her. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to go into too much depth there. But overall, I like the two main characters. Obviously, Amelia Clark is an amazing actress. She's also uh, known as the Dragon Lady on Game of Thrones, which I'm pretty sure she'll always be known as that by everyone, which can be a little bit of a curse and a, mm, yeah. and a good thing. That was um, the first time I'd, I'd definitely heard of her. That, um, no... That. What did you? What did you? What did you? What did you think of it? You said it was a weird. It was extremely weird. weird. <laughs> can you ex- can you explain why? Well, I guess first of all, there's like a, a running joke with a German clown, which looks absolutely horrifying. Which that that's kind of weird. Off to a good start. For, right. I just find that 
Very weird. Okay. Yes. I really, I don't want to spoil it, but I'm trying not to. Yes. <laughs> just yes. That's all you need. But and like, um, I, I, I don't know. Like, it just seems like this is basically a film based on, based on one particular song by a very famous 80s artist. I don't. No, I don't know if you can do anything more. There are definitely more that. more than one of his songs. I know, I know there are, but like basing the story around those particular songs is kind of what they're going for. I'm not sure how much you can actually do with that. See, I actually really enjoyed the film. Mm. Uh, personally, I think I thought it was like quite a good feel good film. I guess. Yeah. I, I yeah. Um. Obviously, it's Paul Feig who is directing, who did Spy. Yeah, uh, and Spy was one of the best Melissa McCarthy films she's ever done. It also had Emma Thompson in it, yes. who was very good in it. I enjoyed her character playing the mother. Yeah, a very um, Soviet Union yeah type character. Mm. She uh, has a lot of good jokes. She does a lot of singing as well, mm. which was a bit weird. Um, the dad, a bit forgettable, to be fair. Um, that was Boris Isov. I don't know how to say that. <laughs> I'm just going to move on. Yeah. But yes, the twist is weird. I like the two main characters and the mother. I thought she was funny. It's kind of a feel-good film. I'm, I'd say if you ha- if it's there, you should probably have a little watch of it just to see if you like it. Plus, if you don't like it, there's always George Michael in the background anyway. Yeah. yeah. So you can always just listen to the music. I always forget how how good George Michael's past songs are because like obviously we're 30 years on from like most of his songs now but listening back it's, it's there's a lot of really good songs in there yeah, we're in 30 yeah 30 years off from his glory days of wham and of course his closer to 40 in fact 40 years yeah yeah but um but that was dan on last christmas um the new feel-good christmas film with amelia clark and emma thompson my one is kind of i don't know how to say this is kind of like a guilty pleasure for me I'm not sure why, but I'd say it's the, as close as guilty pleasure as I was will ever will ever get. I am talking about uh, Disney's animated 2009 flick, A Christmas Carol, starring Jim Carrey, Colin Firth, and um, and Gary Oldman. Um, Jim Carrey and Gary Oldman actually appear uh, like as in as a lot of the characters in this film. It's basically a magical retelling of the Charles Dickens classic novel, and it's basically I'm actually like I'm actually not quite sure why I like it like this much. Like I like it quite a lot. Uh, I guess it has something to do with Jim Carrey because he puts on like this Jim Carrey-ish sort of like old miser voice for Ebenezer Scrooge, which is just like kind of like uh, weird and weird and strange. Gary Oldman is good. Uh, Gary Oldman plays Bob Cratchit, and he he actually does have some quite emotional scenes in that. From what you can see of the poster, it is a big crashy smashy. Does get a little bit you know sort of like Disney-ish, like with like uh, chase scenes and mm. big kind of big set pieces like that but the film looks looks great i mean say what you want about the robert zemeckis and his weird and his weird fascination with cg this came out 10 years ago this came out in 2009 which was at the height of robert zemeckis's fascination with cgi sort of characters like to tell a story uh robert zemeckis also did another christmas film Polar Express, which a haunting film indeed. Yeah, yes, yeah. but this this one, I don't know what gets me. I think what gets me in this film is sort of like I watch it during Christmas time because it's you know it's it's basically a Christmas film. The shots of London, like of Victorian London, are like amazing. There's like sweeping shots and sort of like 
a lot there's a lot of detail in that there's a lot of detail in the film the score which is wonderful it's by uh, uh, the legendary Alan Silvestri is the main theme for this film is absolutely like brilliant you like you might say that it's not much to it but I, I like I, I love it. I think it's like one of the best bits of the film. The story is, you know, it's it's a Christmas cow, you know, like an old man gets visited by three spirits to show him the error of his ways. That's 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 never that's never changed at all in its in its in its adaptations. And it's just I didn't do too well. It had a budget of two hundred million and it only made thirty. Um, so uh, this kind of bombed pretty pretty hard. Yeah. Um, but it's just uh, just something something about this film. It sort of it kind of warms my heart during this time. I watched it a couple of days ago now, and it just gets me in like gets me in the mood for Christmas uh, as well as uh, the Polar Express, which is my brother's sort of favorite sort of Christmas film when he was when we were sort of growing up. I mean, yeah, I always liked it. You know, despite its sort of weird char- like weird yeah. characters, it, the, the characters look better in this one. Yeah. Than in the Polar Express, they don't they don't have that. They have like more like. They have more details. It's a great sort of example of where the, we was at then and how CGI sort of and sort of like modeling in not just movies but in video games has progressed. So like it's a good sort of like time capsule for that sort of thing. You know, this was it's it's the same story, same characters, but there's something about it, the music, the atmosphere that it builds up. Um, it's kind of weird and a, like a little bit, a little bit strange, a little bit spooky. Some like spooky, I'd say. Uh, it's not really spooky, but you know, it's, it's builds up a great atmosphere, and it's just, it's just, it's just a Christmas film, a, a fairly forgettable, for, like forgettable Christmas film, like in the fact that you know it didn't do so well back when it was released ten years ago. But it's like stu- it's stuck with me, and uh, you know, it's it's always on my sort of holiday viewing list when this time comes back around every year. Yeah, and um, you know, I just, I just, I just love it. Call it like I don't know if it's a cult film. I'm not sure if, if like, if it even is, but I love it, and that's enough for me. I will say that uh, on the two hundred million dollar budget, it made worldwide three hundred twenty five point three million dollars. Yeah, overall, <laughs> that that thirty million was just for the opening weekend in America. Mm. Well, but yeah, th- three hundred twenty five million is. Still very, very terrible on a two hundred million dollar budget mm. because that isn't even accounting for advertising. Yeah. So it, my my apologies. It did open yes. at thirty million dollars. It made three hundred twenty something million dollars. I, I was. It was. It was a long night. I was. I was looking at this up last night, and it's just like I was very tired. Do we have a story? I do have one story for you today. Yeah. So uh, that- I've got to admit it. Took took a bit of searching because there, there's I mean obviously stuff has happened during the week but there wasn't much stuff of that's very interesting and this piqued my interest just because I found it so bizarre. You may have heard that the uh, the recent live action adaptation of Aladdin is now getting a spin off of a minor character. Now I haven't seen the live action version of Aladdin. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen the original, but uh, the spin off is of the character Prince Arbor. I think it's he's called. Not a character I'm familiar with, uh, but it's become a bit of uh, news for the fact that it's been announced and everyone's sort of initial reaction was kind of like, well, who who really likes Aladdin anyway? So, (laughs) I mean, uh, but um, why are they doing it about this minor character? And it, it has been assumed that it's because he's the only white character or the 
a white character that's sort of gone unrecognised. Um, so it's become a bit of a subject of race now. Um, I mean, you don't look like you've heard this story, Tom. So uh, no, no. What are you thinking? Um, uh, first of all, first of all, why well, race relations or no? Is there any need for this film to happen? Probably not. I mean, if they were going to do a spin-off, I'd, I'd just have to pick any other character. I'd rather them just, just any, do just a, any other character. Yeah, I'd rather them just do like a full-on Aladdin two. Yeah, that that would be a lot better than a random character that nobody really remembers. Yeah, it just seems seems bizarre. Or you know, if you were going to do a spin-off, just do it with a, a better character. Yeah. Yeah, or just a character that people know. Yeah, because <laughs> if this guy was so in the background that nobody even noticed as the film was going on. Yeah, I mean, I, like I say, I haven't seen it, so I have no idea how... I think he might have been in the scene where it's like, there's like, she's standing there and her father's there as well and the prince is coming that's in. That's what I figured, yeah. yeah. But, uh... Who knows? That's, uh, that's, yeah. Oh, I, I, yeah. Um, Who knows? Who knows? Um, what if they do like a Bachelor-type episode? episode where it's just Aladdin maybe like, yeah like the princess is there and then the the princes are coming in and like the bachelor type deal mm, yeah <laughs> <laughs> Tom is a psycho uh, uh, yeah but I don't, I don't know like on like on the race thing sure like if he's like if you like wondering like if you make a film about like you know um, like Around set in around the Middle East, and know why you'd like to focus on a specifically white character. Yeah, that seems it, a bit weird. It but. is a yeah. It's just it's just straight because I mean I don't I don't think it. Somebody's actively gone. Oh well, the, the white character from Aladdin need representing more. But um, I think it's a valuable sort of argument because Aladdin could have been a film that was a you know great mode of representation. Hmm. It wasn't, um, and I think they actually. Uh, some people weren't happy with the casting of Aladdin, were they? Mm. Um, but which is weird. Was uh, he was played by a Middle Eastern character, wasn't he? No, the the actor was American, I think. So. But he he still had like Middle Eastern descent. Yeah, but people weren't happy with it. it was it wasn't. That doesn't to make sense. <laughs> no, that, that really doesn't make sense. To be fair, because if he still comes from like Middle Eastern descent, that's literally it's still it's the, basically the same thing. He's just moved. He's moved to America. Well, I suppose. Yeah. Or his family moved to America. And yeah, that um, I mean that's that's it's it's just a little bit of it's just odd. It's just yeah. it's just very odd. It's it's difficult to say too much on it because it is odd. Yeah. Um, I do have a little update. On the Blue Story situation, yeah, which yeah. is that it has now been nominated for a BAFTA. Yes. Um, so I don't know if that's going to at all change the course of direction mm. um, from how cinemas are showing. It, it might do. It might do. Possibly. Yeah. I think now it, it's it's been released a bit. It's possibly settled down. Maybe some theatres will yeah. look into opening again. Yeah. 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 Specifically one major type yeah but um i yeah i well, do actually on. have one thing to talk about mm. uh, and it's the trailer for a new film yeah oh i bet i know what this is which one uh, i've got two in my head it stars ryan reynolds yeah oh, so i have no idea though. free guy <laughs> no, free guy free guy is it looks really good honestly it looks mental uh, and 
and the first like the first part of the trailer where it was like from the studio that brought you Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, and I forgot what the other one was, The Lion King, and then twice. I just found that hilarious because Disney. Yeah. Yeah. He's gonna make fun of Disney so much in this yeah. film. It looks like it's basically a like a like a riff on, you know, like Lego movie. It's it's basically what it is. Basically a mix of Wreck It Ralph and And the Lego movie. Yeah. Well, um, I think it's been slated as live-action uh, Grand Theft Auto, hasn't it? Uh, uh, yeah. I read as one, one headline. Is, so. yeah. The online version, maybe. Yeah. But this is the new Ryan Reynolds vehicle. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's he's back. He's back in the House of Mouse. Um, he, he definitely is. Yeah. Uh, making something new and sort of things fresh. Uh, I did hear that he was on board to do to appear in, you know, like of course Deadpool three. He had that. He had a meeting. He's, he's, with Marvel. definitely going to be a Deadpool three. Yeah, he had a, he had a meet- doesn't even matter. Yeah, he had a he had a meeting with Marvel. It seemed on his Instagram that it went quite well, and just like they're doing pitching for Deadpool three. I feel like what's going to happen. Is there going to do a Deadpool 3 where it's like it starts out with the original like characters and maybe like there's something that happens that merges him into the Marvel Universe? Mm-hmm. I feel like there's going to be something really weird in that film to like try and get him into the universe. Yeah. But yeah, maybe something fourth wall breaking. Mm. I'll, I'll tell you what they're going to do. They're going to they're going to. Kill off my love for Deadpool is what they're going to do. I they're can not. feel it. I, I don't I mean, think they are. All right. Okay. I feel like okay. they are going to get the same team to do it. I feel like they're going to keep the R rating because obviously they kind of need to. Mm. Or else people are going to accuse them of Disneyfying it, I guess. Yeah. What of what Miller? What of Miller? Mm. What do, we, do we think that his... Do we think that his debacle with, with Dark Fate will hinder... His, not really. To his, be his, his, his yeah, su- success, success with their cause is going to be successful. If they're he still make wrote the last one, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I felt but, like he's going to do fine. Yeah, I'm not sure what. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, yeah, I think my my thing with Deadpool's just sort of waned very quickly. Anyway, now, mm. anyway, like, yeah. I'm I'm very happy with the first film. Yeah. Um. First one was very good. Yeah. I really enjoyed the second one, to be fair. Uh, I enjoyed the second I, one, but yeah. not as much as Josh, the first one. I enjoyed it. I just thought everything that... If you picked apart the first film, everything that was not necessarily great about the first film, right. um, well, you know, like it was very sort of basic plot line and stuff, but it was sort of saved by the comedy and stuff like that. The second one just didn't have any of that. It was just... I just found it very bland, not very funny. Yeah, um, more typical so. superhero film that. Yeah, that one was. Yeah, it, it had was a much that. more of a superhero film structure. And I think at points it was almost like rather than. De- I think Deadpool was very good at being a comedy film, but taking itself absolutely seriously for what it was. I think the second mm-hmm. one was more more just like oh yeah, yeah. people. People thought that was funny the yeah. first time. Yeah. I kind of didn't really need the second one to take itself too seriously. I, I thought it was good for the, it was good for the first one because it made sense, obviously, because he it was like him battling with cancer and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. then he finds a way to get better. Um, well, whether you say that 
being immortal is better, I don't know. Um, but the second one, I feel like it's good that it didn't take itself too serious. Because if it, if it kept, keeps on taking itself too serious, then it kind of gets a bit ridiculous after a while because it's going to be so convoluted and weird that you can't really take yourself too seriously after that. Yeah, I suppose. I just think that, uh, yeah, I, I've just got this fear that the sort of cultural obsession with Ryan Reynolds that exists now is going to overflow and hinder his ability to actually just make a continue to make good film and I, for I, him to continue to use Deadpool in, in you know the best way they can. I didn't ask to be called out. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, who knows? Who knows? Um, it's gonna like if there will may be a there will be a third one. It will yes. do well. Three guys is gonna do well. That's three guy, three guys gonna do well as well. It next, just looks so fun. Yeah. Next thing uh, I'd want to bring to attention is the Golden Globes nominations yes. that have been released. Um, and the biggest thing, or I can see, is that the best picture nominations, three of them, are Netflix films. Uh, a lot of the categories, actually. Yeah. The three of them are Netflix films. Yeah. Yeah. But Netflix is really. Yeah, it, show, it shows it shows a a clear sort of like sh- like shift because like the academy and you know like Hollywood like foreign press to some extent are you know just like watching these watching these films and thinking net net they're getting with the times now they're coming to terms with the fact that the 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 the, the industry is changing is changing at nearly everything on a daily basis is changing. Yeah. Um, and they're just, they're, they're sort of coming to terms that, that Netflix, just because it's something sort of net, like Netflix made or produced by Netflix or Netflix original, or Netflix original, um, it doesn't mean that like, it doesn't mean that they can carry a good like stories. Cause, uh, of course for the best picture, they have, uh, Nominations are Marriage Story, The Irishman, The Irishman, and The Two Popes. Yes, uh, which is coming out on Netflix. The King didn't get anything soonish. The King didn't get anything. Uh, I saw The King actually a few days ago. Yeah, well, that was good. I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, I've been meaning to get around to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but- did Timothy Chalamet still get a nod? I don't remember. No, I uh, know not for no. the King. Not for the King. Uh, Thought it might it might have got something for something else. Maybe for Little Women. Yes, um, I think maybe. Uh, but Little Women, I'd seeing somebody saying that oh, it, uh, Little Women is doing okay, but like there's nothing really for Greta Gerwig. No, there's not. There's nothing for Greta Gerwig. There is no female director in the. Uh, no, there's not. Yeah, there's no female director in the uh, director category. Hmm. But I mean, another big thing from Golden Globes, yeah, uh, will be Beyonce versus Taylor, oh, for original song, oh, that that's actually like kind of a good draw for ratings as well. Mm. Uh, obviously, Spirit from The Lion King, um, by Beyonce, and Beautiful Ghosts by Taylor Swift for Cats. Um, whatever you say about Cats, the music is in like. Beautiful Ghost is still a really good song. It's a very Broadway song, obviously. And Spirit from The Lion King, whether you think it's a major cash grab or not, 
it it still also deserves a nomination. I don't know either of these songs, so I can't, yeah. can't actually no. comment. Yeah, because yeah. those were like original songs that were made for like the like the, for the films, weren't they? Like yeah. they, they were they were included like for the live action CGI thing. I mean, I've never I've never been very big on actual musical numbers in film anyway. I'm much prefer well done sound editing and a good composition to. Mm. Uh, some you like a good store you like a good uh, store score yeah yeah rather than some, some like song like song a jab at trying to make a score like you know the john mm. williams scores will be timeless um oh dan is looking dan <laughs> da, dan uh, say, say what you say what you say what you want dan <laughs> dunkirk for me is one of the most incredible scores that to be fair that wasn't really talking about a score mm. so i agree with that scores can be timeless yeah but I feel like with at least maybe not Beyonce, I don't know. No, I I think both of them, it's not really pop stars trying to take a jab at making a like, film song. It's like actually... They they got nominations for a reason, basically. And I imagine these five songs will also be nominated for Oscars because there's never really much difference in the song category just because... Not really many songs. Not many songs. Yeah. <laughs> There's not um, many songs. But I imagine that all five of these songs are going to be also at the Oscars, which means Oscar performances for all five of them. Mm. One that I'm very sad didn't get nominated, if if you saw, what is it, Always Be My Maybe from Netflix. Okay, yeah, I heard of it. I uh, it. There's a song in that called I Punched uh, Keanu Reeves, which I thought, would have been an excellent nomination. <laughs> um, I punched Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Wow. So, so you could have Keanu yeah. Reeves performing it with the people as well. That would have just been a perfect Keanu Reeves yeah. moment. If, if Joker doesn't win for best original score, I don't know what I'm going to do. It probably will. Yeah. Because that score is fantastic. It's, it, yeah, it is. it's absolutely creepy as all hell. It's so and Sinatra, so Sinatra yeah, very good idea as well. So gr- so grating, so just like gets under your skin. Yeah, that this was the same woman that did uh, the uh, score for Chernobyl, the right. um the TV. the TV show, which was which was uh, as well very very creepy, and very very sort of like otherworldly kind of. Um, but Joker is Joker is nominated for a few. Who best thinks, picture. Best picture. Best, best actor. Yes, Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Anything else we've missed out? Because we've got remember. best film, best actor, best score. I don't think anything. Oh, like best director. Best director. Yeah, best, I think yeah. best director as well. Yeah, Todd Phillips. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I think that could possibly be one it most likely wins. Best director. I, I don't think so, to be fair. Yeah. I think it's either Martin Scorsese or Quentin Tarantino. See, I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think Tarantino probably will will win this one just because of um, 
don't know. I think he. I think he stands. A, I think he stands a chance, though. I don't think many well, of his other. I mean, I don't think many of the other things that it's been nominated for once upon a time in Hollywood. This is will win. No, I don't think he will win. Um, I think it. it his it's, best shot is at oh, director. It's one of those two. That the yeah, that's the one. His best shot is director. It's. Its second best shot is probably best supporting actor. Brad Pitt is really good. <laughs> I think that's actually its best shot. Yeah, that's its best shot. Best shot is it? Yeah. Well, it. What I was trying to get is because Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is one of those films that I've heard time and time again. People go, "Yeah, it's a very good film." It's not Tarantino's best, though. which I mean is hard anyway because yeah. there's such a catalogue there. It's um, one. It's one of his best for me. For me, that is. Mm. Because it just encapsulates the the era so well. I mean, I'm a bit of a stick in the mud anyway. Because mm. Reservoir Dogs has always been my favourite. So mm. I don't know. I don't know really. Yeah. And what's well, I presume Scorsese's for the, obviously for the Irishman. Yeah. So, which I've still not committed to yet. <laughs> so. Yeah, I haven't committed to it. It's on my. It's on my. It's on my list. Mm. But I'm just. I'm not scared. I've just got things to do. Yeah. I can't yeah, it's be, a bad time of the I year for students. Can't be sitting so. ab- I can't be sitting about and watch like two hours and think, man, I've got to do some work now. Yeah. I can't be sitting a bit on my uh big laptop screen or above. <laughs> just like just falling asleep, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um Dolomite um Dolomite is my name also is nominated. Eddie Murphy has come back in a big way. Mm. Um, with his with his uh, with his performance, his last big award winning role was in Dreamgirls, I think. Um, he's he's come a long way since Norbit. Yes, he has <laughs> Norbit, which was uh, uh, that was a film. Yes, we're not. Yeah, I watched that. I was quite young when it came out. I watched it quite a lot. I did, I thought it was hilarious when I was a kid. Oh yes. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I thought it was oh yes. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious as well. But yeah. you know, like as time has gone on, it's just like, oh no! Yeah, one of it was one of those weird shocks where eventually, it, you know, it comes out. You realize everybody thought it was like horrible. Yeah. And you thought, just uh, yeah, I'm not going to give it again. Yeah, I, I need. <laughs> yeah, I need to watch. I need to watch Dolomite is my name because it's been on my list for a fair few weeks now. Right. Uh, and I, I've just been tied down with other things. Might watch it tonight, maybe tomorrow night. I don't know. I don't know. I will get round to watching it because yeah. you know anything like compared to the Irishman is going to be a, is going to be a short a, film. Yeah, it's going to be a short <laughs> film, isn't it? Um, but um, no. So I think I'm, we are very quickly running out of time. Yeah. Okay. So we'll wrap this up then. Um, it's been a good chat, lads. Yeah. Um, we've talked everything box office, new releases, and we've even. Gone and got into the Christmas spirits with our with some of our favourite uh, Christmas films, um, which which this conversation has been really good. We've also gone over some of the nominations, which I didn't think we'll get in for time wise, but I think we've covered. I think we covered it, didn't we? Yeah, we um, most of it. So thank you very much for uh, tuning in to the Have You Seen It podcast for this week. It has been me, Tom. Well. Tom. Not just this week, of course, but indeed uh, this whole term. This whole term. This whole term. Yeah. For uh, in terms of our regular programming, this is our last show now. Yes, it is. So we will see you, uh, or as well, or rather, you will hear again from us uh, 
mid-January term, aren't we? Yeah. So, well, early to mid-January. Should be early January. Early, early January. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So it'll be that'll be that'll be uh that'll be all from us. Uh, you can catch a few extra little bits uh, throughout throughout the Christmas period. We've got some uh, we've got some mini sort of half an hour shows uh, uh, lined up for you during the Christmas holidays. In case you in case you want to check those out. Uh, in case you really miss us. In case you really miss yeah. us. Um, but uh, we will be back in full swing uh, in early January um, for some more movie. Uh, more movie breakdowns and discussions. Yes. So, thank you very much for listening. It has been the Have You Seen It podcast for Demon Media, uh, and uh, we all from here we all wish you a very safe and merry Christmas uh, and a happy new year. Thanks very much. <laughs>